I like cute clothes. I like having stylish outfits and I hate shopping. Armoire makes getting dressed easier. Armoire is a clothing rental membership option. And Janet and I recently have both tried it out. And you guys, it is so much fun. You go to their website, you get to take a little quick style quiz, takes five minutes, and then you get presented a list of beautiful clothing, pictures, wonderful clothes that you can pick out and get delivered to your house for you to try and wear in the comfort of your own home without going out and determine what looks cute, put together outfits without investing a ton of money. Right now, our listeners can give Armoire a try and get up to 50% off your first month. That is up to $125 off. Just visit armoire.style slash envoys. That's armoire.style, A-R-M-O-I-R-E, dot style slash envoys to get 50% off your first month and never have to worry about what to wear again. Try Armoire today. We are bringing you the top five episodes of this year of our Envoys podcast, in addition to some great conversation and tips. Stay tuned. We are the Envoys Parenting Podcast. I am your co-host, Janet Allison of boysalive.com and Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net. We're glad you're here. It is one of my favorite times of the year. I love the holiday season and I am a sucker for end of the year wrap ups. I love turning on the radio and hearing what were the top songs. I love seeing the list of top books. And today we are doing our best of 2022 on boys wrap up. I think you love this one too, don't you, Janet? I love this one because you are you are the stats person. And I love that you go in and pull out the stats and tell us how many downloads we've had. And I think it's more than just the numbers. It's just imagining how life-changing, hopefully life-changing, these podcasts have been, these authors, these thought leaders that we've interviewed and and that we've given people some hope, some new perspectives, some new avenues to think about. And we can really tell which ones have been resonating because of course those have the most downloads of the year. So it will be fun to go through that. But knowing, you know, over the course of almost five years that we've been doing this. I think this has been our fifth full year. Fifth full year. You're so much better at keeping track than I am. Yes. And a million and a half downloads. Right. Wow. And that's a million and a half years listening to an episode, but how many people then are affected and influenced and inspired? Our listeners probably have at least one child, maybe more. So, and our teachers are teaching more. So it's just so, you know, we, I hope our listeners feel how much we love doing this podcast and how much we enjoy each other. And I think, you know, again, we have such good chemistry, you and I, and we have a whole lot of fun before we turn on record and after we turn on record. And we find inspiration and comfort in the people we talk to as well. 
Yes, indeed. So important for me. So mm-hmm. if you're curious, we had nearly 650,000 downloads just in 2022. And that wow. is tremendous to me because Janet, I remember when we started and we like hit 200 downloads in a day and it was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, that's nothing to sneeze at. Like that is a big milestone to hit. Mm-hmm. And we have far exceeded that. And we've continued to grow um, at a rate of more than 50% every year that we have done this, which is just phenomenal to me. Phenomenal. And we couldn't do it without our listeners. So listeners, we so appreciate you. We appreciate you sharing the episodes that really speak to you with, with your community. It's just all good. It's all the win-win for everyone. Shall There's we? one thing that I realized this year, and I'm going to put this up here as a caveat and apologize that it took me five years to realize this. By definition, our best of episodes favor the episodes that came out earlier in the year. Because by oh. definition, the ones that come out in January, February, March have more opportunities for downloads than the ones that come out in October, December. So it's not fully reflective, completely reflective of which were our listeners' favorite episodes or even what will end up being the most downloaded over time. But trends are trends, and I still find it really interesting to look at. It is fun. It, it All is right. fun. So thanks for that caveat, because that's true. Our- because as I pulled it together, we're gonna we're gonna count down our top five episodes and then do a couple other shout-outs. But as, as I was pulling these together. Yeah, they were pretty much all in February or March. Yeah, okay, okay. Yes, and listeners, so we're going to count down the top five, but then after that, Jen's going to tell me her top her top favorites, and I'm going to tell Jen my top favorites of the year. So that that's always a fun reveal. All right, coming in at number five, we have Raising LGBTQ Allies with Chris Tompkins. I'm so pleased that this made the list and I loved Chris's book when it came out. His book is LGBTQ allies, a parent's guide to changing the messages from the playground. And Chris's story of being at a family gathering, talking with family and his nephew asking him if he had a girlfriend and people saying no. And then the conversation getting weird because his family knew he was gay, but nobody had had that conversation with a six-year-old. And some people thought that was an inappropriate conversation to have with a six-year-old. That really stuck with me. Mm -hmm. And as happens so many times when something like this happens, that is kind of a little bit surprising or you disagree with completely, it spurs that person on to doing the research, writing the stories and making the change. And with over 10,000 downloads, we know that people are interested and curious. And I hope that Chris's episode is able to just open the door a little bit more of understanding and families and absolutely a six-year-old can understand that you love who you love. Men can love men, women can love women. And we want that. We want to normalize that. And I think this episode really went a long ways towards how to change those messages for our kids. The fact that it shows up on our top five list, I also think is reflective of the fact that we are having more conversations about gender and about relationships in our society 
in our homes, in our classrooms. And we parents, we did not grow up having these conversations. We want to teach our kids to love and accept all people, but we're not really sure about how to go about that always. Mm -hmm. And so this is a great episode if you're looking for some guidance and support for how to have those conversations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And shout out to Chris for writing that book. And you know what? Selfishly, I'm also really glad this made our list because it turns out that Chris and I have the same editor and publisher for our books. Oh, small Building world. Boys coming out in 2023 has the same publisher and the same editor. So cross your fingers and may I have similar success next year. Yes, I think you will. And listeners, stay tuned. Actually, is it available for pre-purchase right now? It is available for pre-order. Uh, yeah, if you go to pretty much anywhere, Amazon, Target, uh, Barnes & Noble, you can Google it. You can go to my website, Building Boys Book my name, Jennifer Fink, you'll find it and you can pre-order it now. That's cool. Then you'll be the first ones to get that book in yes. your mailbox. Awesome. Well, number four is how micro schools and black moms may end the school to prison pipeline. This was a conversation with two moms who created the Black Mothers Forum and they opened some micro schools in Arizona. Their purpose is, is to end that school to prison pipeline, which we know is especially problematic for boys of color. And so these moms got together and started this movement and it is being really successful for the teachers and the kids. They talk about their um, micro schools as a school to purpose pipeline and mm. really that is what we want. That's what we all want for our kids. And the popularity of this episode, you know, it underscores the continuing and persistent problems that boys of color so often have in schools and society at large. But it also really taps into this larger um, trend that I'm seeing right now. Parents are willing to take matters into their own hands when their kids' needs are not being and um, when we did this interview, I so remember Janelle Wood, the president of the Black Mothers Forum, talking about, you know, first we tried, we tried working within the schools, we tried going to the school board and having these conversations, and we weren't getting anywhere. And you know, listeners, you only have short number of years with your kids, you can't wait 20 years for things to change, because your kid will be grown by then. And they're, you know, they're planting seeds for the future because their kids are grown and out of the system, and yet they're still in doing the work so that other children can benefit from that. I mean, imagine a micro school of a mixed age group of five to 10 kids facilitated by adult learning guides. I mean, that is an optimal learning situation for many, many kids. It is really interesting to me because after we recorded this episode, um, an issue that came on the docket in my state, I'm in the state of Wisconsin, there was some bill about micro schools and the Wisconsin Homeschool Parents Association, of which I'm a longtime member, I still support them because of all of our years homeschooling, was opposed to it. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting because this is another thing where there's becoming these turf wars and there's some concern from homeschooling parents that if micro schools are set up, that that could impede on the freedom of homeschooling parents. And maybe we should just call it homeschooling, like as mm -hmm. in anything else, 
sometimes the great and innovative ideas are caught up in legislative hurdles. So Mm -hmm. listeners, if you have any experience with micro schools or what's going on in your state, I'd love to hear more about that. And if you're curious about it, I know Janelle and all of the people at the Black Mothers Forum are ready, willing, and able to tell you how they've done this and so that you don't have to recreate the wheel. Absolutely. And your kid does not have to suffer in a school that is not meeting his needs. Mm -hmm. I understand that we don't all have the time or the resources to, to pull our kid out, but there are options out there and it is always worth asking questions and exploring. All right. Number three, number three myths and misconceptions about boys. And this was a conversation with another writer, boy mom, mom of four boys, Jessica Fleming. And we just tackled some of those common myths and misconceptions. And I bet without even looking, you can remember some of the ones we talked about. Oh yeah. Boys are less emotional than girls. Boys are easier to raise than girls. Yeah. You know, you see where I'm going with this and where that conversation went. Absolutely. It is so reassuring as a parent of boys to talk to other parents of boys and hear them go, yeah, I've heard all this stupid stuff tossed at me too. Here's how I cope. And yeah, that's not reality. That's not been my experience. Yeah. Uh, Some of the other ones are boys leave their families when they grow up. With boys, you don't have to fight over clothing choices. Hmm, really? (laughs) There's less to worry about with a son than a daughter when they're teenagers and dating. False. Ha 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 ha. As Teenage boys who have been dating, I'm here to tell you, no, that is not true. I worry <laughs> plenty. Yeah, there's plenty to worry about and plenty, you know, I think that conversation too just opened the door more. And we're, I think we're all about opening doors and, and having those conversations with our kiddos about, you know, this might be a message that you're getting from your coach or your teacher or your friend's parents. And let's look at it. Let's examine, is this really true? Or what do you think? What's your opinion about this? You know, that's a really good point because these myths are persistent within our culture. And so our boys get them as well. Whether they're aware of it or not. And so when we don't talk about them, we sort of allow it to proliferate. Mm -hmm. And I think we are so at this choice point in generationally, you know, Mm -hmm. back to the raising LGBTQ allies and, and the micro schools and this, that we, those of us who are parenting now have this opportunity to have more information, have more awareness And we're teaching our kids so that when they are parents, they're going to have hopefully so much less of this mud to have to slog through. And hopefully they're more open and accepting and that these misconceptions and myths have started to fade into the background. Be like, huh? Yeah, back in 2022, we were talking about that. But decades later, that would seem outdated. Yeah, that's really interesting. How is that working out? I mean, you, you've raised your daughter, your daughter is raising your grandson. Are you seeing this questioning and rejection of some of these myths? What I see, I mean, Bo's only nine months old, so it's, it's still early, but what I see is, and, and it could just be my, my 
daughter, I don't know, but this opening to possibility, like it's possible to homeschool. It's possible to think about a forest school, to have different options and be educated about those options. And that that has a plus side and a downside because it too does. much information can feel super overwhelming. But just watching her navigate introducing foods to Bo and how to get him to sleep in a healthy way, all of these things, you know, she's, she's following people on Instagram and she's learning really, I mean, so much more than we had access to when we were young parents. I can see how that is super overwhelming though for parents these days, because every little thing you feel like you need to research and there is always more that you can research. Mm -hmm. Frankly, when there was one school in your neighborhood and that's where everybody went, it was easier for Mm -hmm. the parents, not necessarily great for the kids, right? but easier for the parents and probably good enough for the kids. Mm -hmm. So this is not an easy time to parent. Yes. There's a ton of information. If you have paid any attention at all, you also know there's a ton of bad information out there Mm -hmm. and it's not always easy to tell the difference. And I think that is one of my other hopes for this podcast, Janet, is that we can help people sort through some of that noise Mm -hmm. and get to some truths that are based in evidence and experience and we have a lot of different people on here. They don't always agree with each other, Mm -hmm. but through exposure to all these different experts who are studying different aspects of parenting and boys, there are certain constants that keep coming up Mm -hmm. connection, for Mm -hmm. instance. And Mm -hmm. if you take those through threads and you pull them forward, I think they point you in the right direction. Yeah. Yeah. And always, you know, it comes back to trusting your own intuition, trusting your gut, you know, your child best. This episode is sponsored by By Heart. Babies need to eat. And whether you breastfeed or bottle feed, use formula, combine all of the above, you need options. We wanted to let you know about By Heart Baby Formula. By Heart has a patented protein blend that gets the closest to breast milk. It includes two of the most abundant proteins in breast milk. And Byheart actually ran a clinical trial comparing their formula to a leading infant formula and proved that babies on Byheart have softer poops, less spit up, and easier digestion. Byheart is also the only U.S.-made infant formula to use organic, grass-fed whole milk. So if you need baby formula for your baby, consider Byheart. New customers can get 10% off your first order by using code onboys at byheart.com. That's B-Y-H-E-A-R-T dot com slash podcast. And it is 10% off your first order. Byheart.com slash podcast. This is a limited time offer and additional terms and conditions may apply. One of the most challenging things about being a woman at midlife is realizing how little people understand about perimenopause and menopause, Janet. I just had a conversation with my sister about that this weekend. She is 10 years younger than me, so I'm 51, she's 41, and she went to ask her healthcare provider, hey, can you provide me some information? And she got information, but she was frustrated by how 
incomplete, it seems. How little we know and how for way too many people, the answer seems to be, yep, that's the way it is. Deal with it. Mm-hmm. Deal with it. And not only are our mamas out there having to deal with perimenopause, likely at this age, but many of our moms are dealing with their sons entering or in puberty, which is kind of nature's irony, which is, oof. Cruel joke, Janet. Cruel joke. Cruel joke. Thankfully, thankfully, increasingly, there are those who are recognizing that women need and deserve competent care and treatment for perimenopause and menopausal symptoms. And we know that can still be harder to access than it should be, which is why we have partnered with Winona. Winona helps women who are dealing with menopause or perimenopause. Winona is a collection of OBGYN health professionals who believe that your symptoms are important, real, and deserve to be taken seriously. Telehealth, you can access care from your home when it is convenient for you. Visit buywinona.com today to start your free visit with free U.S. shipping and the ability to pause or cancel at any time. Your path to wellness has zero obligations. Use the code ONBOYS at buywinona.com for 25% off your first order. That's B-Y-W-I-N-O-N-A dot com slash onboys. Winona, menopause care made easy. You mentioned your daughter and starting foods. Mm-hmm. That leads us to our second episode. I was thrilled to see this one on here. Second mm-hmm. most popular episode of 2022, Picky Eaters, Family Meals, and Nutrition with Rebecca mm-hmm. Tutan. More than 12,000 downloads on this one. Wow. Wow. This is a big deal for parents. And, you know, they worry about, I I think in that episode, I related the story of my niece who only ate macaroni and cheese for probably about six years of her growing up youth. And she's grown and has two kids and is perfectly healthy. But that caused their parents and and the grandparents a lot of distress that she wouldn't eat these other foods. And our guest, Rebecca, she was awesome. She's She is so enthusiastic and knowledgeable about this topic because guess what? She has two sons and both of them would be considered picky eaters. Well, I love that she shares, you know, she's a registered dietitian. She's, she's studied this. She studies the science of nutrition and she has professionally worked with picky eaters. And so she really felt like, I got this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then as happens to so many of us, she had actual children and <laughs> that was a whole lot more difficult than anything she read in the books. Then, you know, advising a client is, is easy. Mm-hmm. You know, this in your work as a parent coach, it is easier for you on the outside to see situations and to make suggestions, it is the implementation of that in what is often a chaotic and stressful and ever-changing environment, our home lives, yeah. that is so challenging. Mm-hmm. She really broke it down in such a beautiful way. And that is that parents are responsible for 
what food is offered, where food is offered, and when food is offered. Children are responsible for how much or whether they eat. I have a story related to this. So we recently celebrated Thanksgiving. There's a lot of family gatherings often around food this time of year. And uh, my family's big enough that we were divided amongst different tables. The table I wasn't at, there were uh, two 12-year-olds at the table. And I missed out on this conversation. I'm kind of glad I did. Apparently, there was a whole thing to do because, like, the girls didn't really want to eat anything. And that's not uncommon. You know, turkey is something that you get excited about when you're a grown-up, but it's not really... Yeah, there's no 12 year olds that are like, oh, yeah, turkey's the best thing ever. <laughs> Maybe there's some somebody listening, probably. So the girls were not thrilled with the food. And apparently this became a whole point of contention and some fighting and arguing because mom is trying to get them to eat food and this draws more attention to it. And then they become more resistant. And then dad kind of just jokes back with the girls and then mom's mad at dad. And when I heard about this later, I'm like, what if everybody just ignored it? Like, yeah. go on about your adult visiting, eat your own food. Who cares if they eat or choose not to eat mm -hmm. at the Thanksgiving dinner? Huge difference if this is a trend and they are consistently choosing not to eat. We've talked about eating disorders and disordered eating on the podcast, and it's super important to pay attention to that stuff. But when what a child eats becomes a big deal for the adults around them, that's yeah. a slippery slope and it often becomes a point of conflict. And Rebecca reminded, reminded us in that episode that it's not about just that one meal. It's about the whole scope, the whole arc of what they're eating in a week, in two weeks time. It's not just that particular meal. So it, I think it really gave parents some confidence to relax a little bit Yes, and know that it's all going to be okay. If you're offering food that is healthy, making sure it's offered in a, in a rhythmic way, you know, there's always breakfast, there's always lunch, there's always healthy snacks. And, and that gives your child some autonomy rather than you sitting there feeding them or, you know, take three more bites before you get down from the table. That's exhausting. Oh gosh. Is it ever totally yeah. exhausting? And it doesn't feel good. And shout out to all the parents of teens and tweens who may be listening and going, yeah, that all sounds good, but they fill up on Takis and junk that they get from their friends. And then they're not hungry for the food when they get here. I hear you. It's much simpler when we talk about it than in practice. <laughs> yes. Takis may be part of your life for a while. I guarantee your kid is not going to exclusively eat Takis until he's 50 years old. I promise you. Jen, this came up one, I can't remember what episode, but you, you talked about Takis and I and was you like, didn't know what they were. What is a Takis? So there might be some listeners out there who don't know what Takis are. So tell us what a Takis is. They're sort of kind of like Cheetos, but spicier. And the people who know, know it's the people with the tween and the teen boys, because it's you ubiquitous in that. And if you don't know, count yourself lucky. There is no need to like introduce the bow to Takis. <laughs> no, no Takis. You know, that brings up a point too, that um, is a little bit of science here, but boys tend to prefer those sour, spicy 
foods. They love like the, you know, what were those jawbreakers or the nerds or warheads are warheads. They love that because they have fewer taste buds. Yeah. It goes to this whole thing for the most part, broad generality, like boys need more stimulation. Mm -hmm. Um, They respond like louder noises rather than they don't always hear the softer noise or they need the touch and not just the sound Um, more. More. interesting yeah more spicy more sour all those all those things so um that's why your boy loves talkies and you don't so interesting yeah all right number one listeners i want you to pause for a minute and just think uh what was your favorite episode this year and then also think out of the episodes we did which one do you think may have gotten the most downloads I would love to hear your guesses on this. Mm -hmm. Send us a note. Let us know what was your favorite, what you think might've been the top one. Before we tell you what it is, I just want to ask Janet, were you surprised by our number one episode of 2022? I was happily surprised. And it's, it was actually, I'll tell you one of the ones that I was going to say was my favorite episode. Oh, you have good taste. Yes. Yeah. Dr. Mona Delahook, she's just so personable, so knowledgeable, so fun. And her book, Brain Body Parenting, we got advanced copies. I mean, I underlined every single page on that I have underlined and stars and notes everywhere. Yeah. Yeah. She really talked about, well, let me tell you the full title that will help. Her book is Brain Body Parenting how to stop managing behavior and start raising joyful, resilient kids. And she's also written Beyond Behaviors, Using Brain Science and Compassion to Understand and Solve Children's Behavioral Challenges. So you can see where she's coming from. What I love about her and this conversation is she doesn't give us a set of parenting rules or do's or don'ts. Because as we discussed, every child is different. Every family is different. She teaches parents how to watch their children mm-hmm. for cues that then can guide you to what to do next. So she talks about how our automatic nervous system responds. And we all humans, not just our kids, there's the red zone. There's a green zone. There's a blue zone. When you're in the red zone and you're like, we've all been there, you're angry and you just feel tense and eh, you cannot talk or reason Mm-mm. with somebody nope. in that state. You can't. Nope. It's a waste of your time and energy. I felt seen when she wrote and talked about the blue zone because the blue zone is where you just kind of withdraw in yourself and shut down and you make yourself small. And I spend more time there, I think. And that's another point where you can't really reason with somebody in that moment. You got it. You got to get out of that. And she has lots of uh, stories, of course, and practical advice for how to observe your children through this lens, how to look at, you know, what is the stress level of my child? What's the stress level in our family? And And to look at yourself through this lens. Yeah. So, so much good information. Uh, Listeners, if you were going to buy one book, well, I would, I would recommend you buy this book, although we've had so many amazing authors on. So that's really hard to, hard to narrow down. 
it's hard to narrow it down to one, but this one definitely deserves a place yeah. on your bookshelf. And for me, this I one because I'm a right in the margins person. This is one you're going to want to go back to. Definitely. And it's one you can just open up anywhere and you'll yeah. learn something. Yeah. yeah. So we had some other episodes that hit 10,000 downloads. Right. So when I was pulling this together last year, our top episodes, none of them were over 10,000 downloads. And this year, all of our top five were over. And we had a couple other episodes that went over 10,000 downloads. So I just want to shout them out. And the fact that these were in the list, it, they, they speak to concerns that are so common to mm -hmm. parents of boys. Mm -hmm. Why are video games so important to boys? This was a parents great episode. Listeners, if this is speaks to you, check out this episode because... It features me and two of my brothers. Um, one of them, Greg, has been on before because he's a video game designer and a parent mm -hmm. and a gamer. And then one of our other brothers who also grew up gaming and is a parent. And so we've got all those angles, plus the fun sibling um, relationship, camaraderie, communication in that episode. Yes. yes. Yeah. Your brothers are a riot. They were super fun to have. So check yeah. out that episode. Why are video games so important to boys? And then we had our friend from Birds and Bees and Kids, Amy Lang, who we've probably had on every year because she is so wise and has, and is talking about the things that parents find a little challenging to talk about with their kids and her episode sex talks with tweens was also downloaded over 10,000 times and no surprise because we all need a little help with that and like Dr. Delahook Amy is all about practical gives mm -hmm. you some great suggestions that you can implement right away and she too like she tells great stories she tells it like it is and I don't know. I think we all have great chemistry with Amy. We love yeah. having her on. It's just fun. She's fun. And she has a book of the same title, Sex Talks with Tweens. And in this book, as you said, she's so practical. She's giving you the scripts. She's telling you what to say. So get look for her book, Sex Talks with Tweens with Amy Lang. And uh, if you're in that in that uh, zone of uh, tweens and teens, you'll want to check that out. Our final more than 10,000 downloads episode was helping boys develop healthy body image. And that was our conversation with Dr. Charlotte Markey, who is co-author of a book called Being You, the Body Image Book for Boys. You know, this kind of feeds a little bit into the conversation about nutrition and mm -hmm. our concerns about our boys, but it speaks to this bigger picture that people are increasingly recognizing that boys are subject to body image pressures too. Boys yes. also feel a lot of pressure to look a certain way and that this is detrimental to their health and happiness. And we as parents have a role to play in counterbalancing that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And just recognizing it. I think that that was definitely new, new thoughts for me about, you know, what is media portraying for our boys that, you know, do you have to have a six pack abs before you've even gotten to puberty and you don't even have the muscles to have the six pack abs, right. but you know, culture, movies, social media is telling us that boys need to look this certain way. So super important subject there, helping boys develop healthy body image. So Jen, 
Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. What were your personal favorites? I picked out three. I don't know how many you picked out, but I've got three personal favorites. I wrote down two. I've got a third thinking in my head. And I think that I am veering towards the end of the year for two mm-hmm. reasons. Number one, it's fresh in the mind. Exactly. And because these episodes were sort of overlooked a little bit by, by downloads. They haven't been out as long. One of my all-time favorite episodes, not just from this year. I really think all-time favorite episodes is our conversation with Andrew Reiner. That we we just just had published. We just talked to Andrew Reiner about supporting boys' mental health and well-being. And as I listened back to this episode, there were so many great quotes and ideas. I just want to write them all down and and keep them. If you have a boy of any age, I think that's a must listen to. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I really appreciated his perspective because we are often talking about young boys and even middle school and teens, but he's a college professor teaching honors level college classes. And he too is, I just got chills. He too is seeing the, the problems, the issues that our college age boys are facing with not showing up to class, not doing, turning in their work. And we, I think we, I, I'll say I tend to think, oh, you know, get them through middle school, get them through high school and they'll be off to college and they'll be fine. And he's saying they're not fine. And the best part for me is that he's not saying the answer is to go get tutors and to ratchet it down on the academic pressure. He's really saying, tune into the boys. One of the reasons why boys are struggling is because boys are so prone due to our culture, so prone to these feelings of shame and failure. And once they start falling short of expectations, ours and their own, even if they don't say it, they can very quickly spiral into that. And you know yourself, listeners, that when you are feeling like a failure, it's really difficult to do anything positive. It it just spirals and Mm -hmm. it circles and it goes around and around. So I consider this one an important must listen for everybody. Agreed. Agreed. Okay. I actually thought you were going to choose our conversation with Richard V. Reeves. I chose that conversation. He is number two, number two on my list. Is it? He was fabulous. He is the author of Boys and Men, Why the Modern Male is Struggling, Why it Matters and What to Do About It. And again, he's offering this bigger picture of we need to start our boys in school a year later than our girls so that they have an opportunity to be developmentally aligned with what is being asked of them. I love this conversation and his book too, in part because In a lot of ways, Janet, he's saying what we have been saying for the whole five years we've been doing this podcast, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but he is a Brookings Institute scholar and he has a platform that we don't. And so he is bringing this issue into the public consciousness in a way that it is getting the attention of legislators and educators and policymakers and people who aren't necessarily in the thick of raising boys right now as well, Mm -hmm. which is super important. We Mm -hmm. are all doing the work of raising boys right now. And he is helping the culture at large look at what do boys need to thrive 
And why is it a problem that they don't have that? And why should I care about it? Even if I don't have any boys, Yeah, because he makes the case that we all need to care about this. We all need to care about it. And it was so evident when he talked about how we had this whole push to get girls into STEM, into science, technology, engineering, and math occupations. And he's saying we need to have the same push, the same advertising campaign to get boys interested in the heel occupations, health, education, administration, and literacy, so that all of us, one of the examples he, he used was when you go to the hospital, when you go to the ER, if you are male, wouldn't you like to have a male nurse there? Wouldn't you like to have a male doctor that you can can interact with? But um, so often, you know, especially nurses are primarily women. So we need to, and, and the same with school. Our boys, I believe, it is a detriment that our young boys in early childhood education do not in the early childhood years, very, very rare to have a male teacher in those early childhood classrooms. And when it comes to mental health, he points out there's such a decrease in the number of male mental health providers. At mm-hmm. the same time, there's such an increase in demand. Yeah. And that's problematic because mm-hmm. males have different cultural pressures, a different framework than we do. That's not to say a female cannot help a male or vice versa. It's saying that sometimes it's just easier if you have somebody that's had similar experiences to you. Exactly. Yeah. So we both loved that episode, although you didn't specifically choose that episode. What else did you choose? What else did you love? The other one that I thought about is um, our conversation with Amy McReady of Positive Parenting Solutions. Is that on your list? No, it wasn't. Although I loved it. I mean, this is like, you know, choosing which your favorite child is, right? Uh, No, right? Yeah. Right. Um, I like that one because, I mean, it's very positive and very real. And she shares all kinds of great strategies that parents can start implementing right away. Yeah, she had lots of truth bombs, she calls them yes. on, on that episode. Yes, indeed. That was a good one for sure. All right. I, what else is your favorite? Well, I had to kind of lean towards the Father's Day episode because, you know, my son-in-law was on that episode. He was, that was a great one too. Gracious enough to come on as a dad of a three-month-old at that time, a brand new dad. And I, I think that's a lovely perspective to have. And, you know, he really shared from his heart there. And probably the biggest takeaway is to stay present, not worry about what he's going to, how, what he's going to teach Bo when he's five or 15 and say to Bo when, you know, it's like being with him right now. And that's such a good reminder for all of us is be with the child that is with you today. We had Braden Bell on that episode as well. And Braden is an experienced parent and educator. His uh, kids are young adults and teenagers. So it was great to have that experienced father perspective with your son-in-law, who's a very new parent. Mm-hmm. And there was so much going on in that episode. And we loved the things that were being shared. We invited Braden back later for another episode, um, yeah. which... I recommend all of our episodes, of course. That was he's phenomenal. He's got a great newsletter, but he's a middle school drama teacher, theater mm-hmm. teacher, and he just has such a warm 
perspective about our middle school kids. He loves them. And, and he told the story about producing a play when he was in middle school with like a hundred kids. And he, one of the things I think he, he loves, was 15 when he, he did was it. 15. Yeah. 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 With middle school kids. But the idea of this age group doesn't see anything that they can't do. They believe that everything is possible. And that's so refreshing. And he really, he loves that age group for that reason and many more. But it was fun to hear his his stories and his perspective on, on tweens. 2022, uh, we made another huge shift for the podcast this year. And I'm not sure our listeners are aware of it, but we are recently switched our hosting platform and you may hear our ads being a little bit different because we pour a ton of work into this podcast. Mm -hmm. I think you all know that. And we want this to be a sustainable endeavor that we can keep doing and keep bringing these episodes to you. But I know we're both spending hours every week Mm -hmm. doing this and Ads are important to us because frankly, right now, we're losing money doing this. Sure. Ads give us the ability to start putting some money in the coffers from this podcast and to compensate ourselves for this time and to pay for things like hosting and websites Mm -hmm. and equipment. Yeah. So yes, I'm glad you brought that up. So listeners, you will probably start hearing more ads than you've heard in the past. And it's important if you're able to support our sponsors, because then they want to run more ads with us. It's the loop, but it allows us to keep doing what we've been doing. And the other thing, as we make this transition, I know we had one issue once where you know show notes didn't show up and somebody said, hey, I can't find it yet. Sometimes there are technical glitches as we work through the back end of these transitions. And we so appreciate you bearing with us, letting us know mm-hmm. if you're not getting episodes or if you can't find something, because then we can correct it. Mm-hmm. We want to bring you best boy podcast possible. We want to be the best boy oriented podcast. Yeah. Yeah. And listeners, you can help us grow by sharing this with your friends, sharing it with your community, with your school administrators, teachers, letting them know that this is a valuable source of information. We are opening up our vaults for 2023. That's part of our strategy and plan is to bring back some of those episodes from years ago that are still important, packed with information, topical. We encourage you to dive back into the archives, you can do a search of a topic and mm-hmm. and put on voice podcast and, and the topic, and you are likely going to come up with an episode that we've talked about. If there's something that you are dealing with that we haven't covered, please drop us a line. Please let us know. We are doing our podcast planning for 2023. And so we are open to your episode suggestions mm-hmm. If there are experts or thought leaders or regular parents that you would like us to have on, please let us know. Yeah. It's a group endeavor here. We Mm -hmm. really value and appreciate your feedback and input so we can bring you the best. And of course, Jen, I got to say a big thank you to you for just being such a a fun, of course, there's fun, but thoughtful. And, you know, I've participated in our conversations for so long. And every single episode, I think to myself, 
oh man, that was such a good question. I wish <laughs> I had asked that question. I just so admire the way you're able to pull the threads together and kind of wrap it all up into an understandable sentence or paragraph. You you just have such oh, thank a you. fabulous ability to make it all meaningful and real. So thank you. And thank you for being my friend. Oh, here's a behind the scenes look as well. Um, some of you know, we use video when we record because it's easier to converse when you can see the other person. So frankly, if Janet and I do an episode, it's often all messy, whatever, because she's seen me in every state. She is the friend whose house you can just drop into however you are and it's fine. But we do have a lot of thought leaders on here. And so I like to look like I try on podcast days. It is to the point where my 19-year-old son will look at me and go, podcast day? Or, ooh, it's not a podcast day today, <laughs> based on what I am wearing and whether I have washed my hair or not. Yeah, so we can, we can dress it up when we need to, for sure. That's right. Yeah. Any predictions for what's going to happen in the world of boys in 2023? That's a great question, Jen. <laughs> You know, I mean, I guess I just continue to hope as I have hoped for the last 20 some years that we continue to meet boys where they are, give boys what they need rather than trying to fit them into a educational system or a mold that absolutely was not made for them. Hmm. It's constant. We have to just keep advocating for our boys parents have to be willing to go into school and say, you know what, my kid needs to move. These kids need more recess, whatever it is to, to be able to carry the flag because schools tend to listen to parents. Mm -hmm. And so parents be advocates for your boys. And, you know, we're out there trying to change the greater system, but it also just has to be you going in and supporting and advocating and cheering our boys and whatever we do for our boys we know that that is great for all of our kids when our boys thrive we all thrive when our girls thrive we all thrive yeah. the more of us who thrive the the safer and healthier our families and our societies will be and at the end of the day that's what we're all about we want safe healthy families and society so that we can all thrive. We wish you the best in 2023. We're going to be back next week. New episode, new thoughts. We're not taking a break. And we hope you will come along with us for the next leg of On Boys podcast. We hope you've enjoyed this end of year wrap up. We hope that you have a wonderful holiday season and that you're ready to start this new year with some fresh spirit. We are your co-hosts Jennifer L.W. Fink of buildingboys.net and Janet Allison of boysalive.com. As you can tell, we love what we do and we love our listeners. Thank you for sharing this podcast. Thank you for giving us feedback about this podcast. We look forward to a new year. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. 
Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson natural boneless chicken breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.